Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. This is episode 69 of the Uncapped Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. This week, we have one of for being also one of the newest breweries in the area, has probably been one of my most requested breweries. I repeatedly get asked, when are you going to have Midnight Run on? So I didn't really want to have you guys on, but just so I stop getting asked. Um, the we gentle- were hesitant to come on, too. So. I, I know. <laughs> um, the gentleman from Midnight Run Brewing. Loosely. <laughs> loosely using that term. <laughs> Brent Turner and Richard Cobble, the co-founders. Howdy. Cheers. How's everybody doing? That would be Brent talking. Yeah, sorry, I'm Brent. Richard. Howdy. <laughs> you may want to get a little closer. Howdy. That. That's a little better. You're All supposed right. to be a little louder one. Gotcha. Yeah. That's why they set us Only up in person. Way. Yeah. So the, the first thing I was wondering is, and I don't think I've asked anyone this yet. So when you came up with your name, how did you choose between... Brewing, brewery, brewing company. Brewing. Gotcha. Good question. Because we felt like we were brewing. You, okay. <laughs> and that's where it came that's from. That's how you I, fell I, upon well, I mean, that. there's like breweries or, I mean, you it, know. And that is one of the conversations that we had, you know, way back several years ago before we were even thinking seriously about, you know, I, Always there was the idea about becoming a, a brewery, right, like doing this professionally. And I think, you know, way back when we were just talking about ideas, Midnight Run came up, and then, yeah, there was a conversation. Are we going to be brewing? Are we going to be a brewing company? What are we going to do? And I think it was, yeah, I mean, we were brewing the beer, right? So brewing made sense. And brewing company was like, well, we weren't a company yet. And that's like as another word onto Midnight Run Brewing. So you're and planning ahead just in case you get charged by the letter. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, and you've got a, you've got something with like the way things roll off the tongue and like the number of words right. and syllables, right? right? So that had For something sure. to do with it as well. And brewing just sounded good. Yeah, you know, yep. brewing. Yep. We brew. So do, we does, make brews. Do, does brewing or brewery beers. or something does that have to be in the name of a brewery? I don't think so. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know. It seems like it was just seems like logical. yesterday when we filled all that stuff out. I think, um, I think it just makes sense from a business standpoint. Like you want people to know that you're a brewery when they're seeking you out, so yeah. um, it makes sense to put it in there. But I don't know that it's necessary. I mean, which is why there's no real rule about whether it's brewery, brewing company, provisions. You know, I guess you you could really call yourself brewing provisions, fine yeah. liquids, company. fine liquids. Yeah, right. right. Oh yeah, who? Uh, Ca- yeah, that's right. Captain yeah. Lawrence's finest liquid. Yeah, they uh, don't yeah. have brewing. Right. That, yep. So I guess it's not a law. Right. Well, I'm glad we talked through this. Right. Yeah. Um, where did the name Midnight Run come from? I let Richard. I mean, he was the one that kind of came it's up. Just with kind it. of an ode to bootlegging. You know, and we kind of got our start brewing at midnight. It was our midnight run. Yep. Every, I mean, every time we we brew, we'd be, it, you know, we had day jobs, still do have day jobs, and you know, we'd be brewing after we got off work. And as people that brew beer, even from a home brew level, know that it's pretty time consuming. So you know, we'd start at like five or six, and we'd always finish after about um, 
after, midnight. After midnight at some point, you know, you and know, two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so it'd be like <clears throat> when when it, when either of us would be driving home, we'd be on that midnight run home. Or you we'd know, be if, bottling a bunch of beer until yep. midnight and loading cases of beer into unmarked, your truck. unmarked, <laughs> unlabeled <laughs> bottles of homebrew in the car and just driving home with like cases of beer. And so, I mean, from that standpoint, it was kind of like a uh, you know prohibition era feel to it maybe but so yeah but also yeah you know the style of beer that we're making the high abv stuff and um yeah just kind of a throwback to to pre-prohibition or the prohibition era so richard how did you get into brewing um well that's a great question how to answer that so i didn't really like beer for the longest time because my only exposure to beer was bud light miller light coors light any light beers, Natty, Natty Light. I mean, not to oh, take anything one. away yeah. from those beers, but they just were not my thing. And uh, I started working for a Belgian guy who introduced me to Belgian beer. And then a friend of mine started extract brewing, um, but he introduced me to the fact that, that yeast created the flavors of banana and clove in the specific beer he was making. And that just really intrigued me. And um, what I learned from my, my Belgian counterpart was that... Uh, uh, I really liked the high-gravity beers. first beer I ever had was a Delirium Tremens, or the first real beer I ever had. And that's a, a strong one. Tell, tell strong. me about the story about that first, that first beer, because that's the one that you know, we tell in the tasting room. Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, I was working. Uh, I was uh, going through culinary school and finishing up, and I was doing an externship with a Belgian chef uh, in Olney, Maryland, this guy Bernard at Le Mannequin P. And he'd have us go out. We'd do prep, but then we'd go out and sit in the dining room and go over the menu and what we were doing for our specials and go over with the waitstaff and so on. And he let us have a beer or a glass of wine. And the first time I was there, I said, well, I'll just have a glass of wine because I don't really like beer. And, he, and I didn't know the Belgian tradition of brewing at all, you know. And so he looked at me like if he could have killed me right then, he would have. And he's just like, ah, you dumb American. You've just never had a good beer. And I was like, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gave me a Delirium Tremens, and I was like, man, that's beer? And it just, I was hooked right then with, like, a real strong blonde beer. And so I started, like, my brewing quest. I would just pick up beers at the beer store, and anything that was 8% or higher, I would try it. If it was less, I wouldn't. Well, it was the whole more ingredients means more flavor, exactly. more alcohol That's, that's what content. I took away from it, yeah, it was that. Uh, it took more ingredients to make it higher alcohol, therefore it would be a more dynamic flavor. That was just my mindset at that age going into it. And then he and developed an equation that, you know, the AFAC, right? Yeah, which I would quantify the, right, <laughs> quantify the value of that beer purchase based on its alcohol and volume. <laughs> and, and, and cost, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's pretty easy, though. It's like the, it's like A squared plus, or I mean, uh Force equals mass times acceleration, as they say that. Right. (laughs) So in in, you mentioned culinary school. You're also a chef, correct? Once upon a time. Oh, you no no longer are? I thought you were. No. Oh, I don't know. No, my wife and I uh, run a jewelry business from our house, Aaron Pelicano Jewelry, just to give a shout out. Shameless plug. One time you're going to actually lean (laughs) into the mic so everyone hears you. There we go. I'll I'll put that down. Yeah. But that, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful business and it affords us the ability, affords me the ability ability or both of us to work from home and allows me the freedom to do the brewery, do the brewery. Yeah. exactly what kind of um so i cooked for a long time though i mean okay. for about 10 years i guess i cooked i did a 
catering. I got out of restaurants. I went. I did mostly catering because that's kind of what I did when I was in culinary school was catering uh, in Baltimore for uh, the Maryland Catering Consortium. Zephyr and Gold to give another shout out to some old peeps. Look at that. The only time, <laughs> only time he clearly talks into the mic is when he wants to plug uh, it's something. All of a that's his not, that's shameless. shameless. That was, that was, and then that he's going to break me. it. I know. I'm, I'm hand talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, um, and we did a lot of fun things in Baltimore. But, but uh, that I mean, uh, the, the culinary stuff also led you to, you know, doing the, the high-end appliances right which which led well i got hired to do yeah to be the uh, corporate chef for a company where we did kitchen remodels yeah Yeah, exactly and and you had some the hours weren't the most ideal in that correct yeah Yeah. one thing led to another right the jewelry business took off and um do you want some you want the raspberry yeah let's let's do something new let's uh while we're getting the raspberry out why don't you since you love talking on the mic and you're good at it uh, Richard, tell us about white sexual chocolate. Okay, so which we started <clears throat> out with. I really enjoy using. Uh, oh, and as a side note, Monica Pierce has a, is having a bottling party right now where they're all listening to us live. So, oh, if seriously? you could talk nice. into closely so that they can what hear up, your Monica? words, of, mm. your hurt words of wisdom. So Richard. there's people listening that makes me want to be quiet. <laughs> all right. No. Anyway, so I like. Um, I like chocolate. Uh, I like coffee. I like uh, some of these darker flavors. Um, and I like to put them in big, strong, blonde beers because I feel like that way the chocolate or the coffee or whatever the flavor is allowed to come through without contradicting or competing against the uh, you know, chocolate from the malts or the roast character from the malts. You know what? I... Um with hearing the name, although I guess white kind of negates that, my my thought is always that it's some sort of stout. So, like, maybe it's just a right. Um, I really liked white sexual chocolate, but raspberry blows it away. Well, there, I mean, this there's... beer identifies as a stout. There's, there's yeah, there's, there's a uh, kind of a mind... I'm not supposed to curse, but like a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a mind-blowing effect. Yeah, oh. a trick, you know. Um, you know, brewing a beer that has that chocolate or that coffee flavor or aspects of, um, you know, things you would look for in a stout or a porter, um, but you're getting them in a, in a blonde beer, you know, it has, and there, there's an additional effect there. Cause it's like, whoa, that like those flavors can come through in a beer that's light. Um, and Richard, I mean, he also kind of introduced me to the idea that, you know, people are more prone, I feel like to drink a beer that's lighter in color just because yeah, it's more automatically, approachable yeah well and people even will say that they they don't like guinness because it's too heavy right exactly and it's four percent or three and a half percent exact opposite right. but because right. it looks thick and right because just like with food you you know you drink with your eyes as much as you eat with your eyes and and your nose right right Sensory, for sure all. but you know i would uh i mean we like dark beers we like all, all strong beers um you know but if i go to pour someone a beer in my family for instance uh and i pour it out and it's like oil you know bubbling up they're thinking immediately of all the ways they're not gonna like it you know i mean there's like one out of ten maybe thinks of all the ways they're gonna enjoy that beer but the other nine are thinking why uh, i'm not gonna like that because it's too bitter it's too heavy it's too thick it's too whatever but if i if i take some similar flavors and put them into a you know a very strong beer obviously 11 percent is not a light beer 
um, but has those flavors. I pour that beer out and you see that light color, you think of all the ways you're going to like that beer. And then when you smell the chocolate or the coffee or whatever the flavor is, then you're like, man, that's amazing. How, you know, how's that even in that beer? Isn't it kind of crazy though how much the raspberry comes through on this? It's, it's like huge. It's, it's great. It's a massive love, difference. Yeah. How, how? What kind of raspberry did you use? We just the, use frozen raspberries. Okay, because, I was going to say there's definitely real raspberries in there because there's yeah, yeah, enough yeah. of a oh, change yeah. in color that you could. Tell oh yeah, that. you can see the pink and it's got a little tang from the sour from the well, raspberry. Have you? It, did you use any beaver? Excretion. No, 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 you could have no. en- enhanced the flavor, yeah, the uh, raspberry flavor, the castorium. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, not no <laughs> beaver uh, ingredients used in this one. No. Um, An interesting idea, though, for sure. Yeah, but it, so the Keith fro- and the Nick frozen. Can help you out with that. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. I no, I saw that they won we'll uh, the, 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 the prize. Yeah, yeah. We'll brew um, our beers. But so frozen fruit. I mean, we use it because the freezing process bursts cell walls naturally. So, um, so it you know, enhances you, the flavor transfer uh, a little yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Quicker. Right. Yeah. It's a little quicker and complete, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's kind of how we've always done it. So we did it with this, and it turned yeah. out pretty well. I mean, that or we'll use dried fruits in the last 10 minutes of a brew. Like for the Morning Star, for example, we yep. put dried apricots in that one. Right. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. What, what style is that? That was a big Belgian golden quadruple basically um we had that on when we first opened up yeah it was a 13 percenter yep it took me a little while to make it into the one yeah. i kept seeing pictures of how packed it was constantly yeah yes yeah, it, it was, was. i mean then, it was good then it was I mean, my well i mean when i even when i did stop by it was still really packed yeah we waited till it was towards the very end of the night so it was not 100 percent packed we've been pretty uh yeah we've been pretty happy with the turnout i think it's just you know just kind of how craft the craft brewing industry is i mean people are open to it and um people are seeking out the drinks that they like uh, rather than going to a bar they're you know they're seeking out their local craft brewery and there's plenty of options in um frederick now so people can can, drink local why not right yeah most people feel like that right yeah support local yeah right right um, I feel like that little area you're in too is just going to continually grow and help mm-hmm. you guys. I, there's just more and more um, destination type places opening that are going to drive traffic to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that whole stretch of East Street kind of come. I mean, Family Meal was probably the first yeah. big, um, you know, restaurant really to open up there. But now that I mean, we signed our lease in December of 2016, and that shopping center was. 25 percent occupied i mean it was empty we signed it took us 11 months to open in those 11 months i mean that thing filled up we got oscars in there now there's like a tattoo shop and um the, the r&r workshop next to us and it's just kind of filled out and everything seems to be growing towards that warman's mill area down east street i mean yeah. i know they're east street rising and everything going on it's a great part of frederick that's like well, yeah, no, accessible I mean, warman's mill is growing huge you know Get your ass, get closer to the mic. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's drink some smoked beer. No. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we, um, we, now that uh, we'll give Richard a, a little break. Um, Brent, what, how did you get into brewing? Uh, well, Richard and I, I mean, have we, we've been longtime family friends. Um, you know, his, his wife is longtime uh, friends with my older sister um his wife's mom and my mom are like 
good friends, and uh, so there's a lot of ties actually. Like his his younger sister is best friends with my one of my other older sisters. Um, it's, and it's, it's very so basically. It, you're, it, you're stuck I mean, with I, I, I consider. Yeah. I mean, I consider even, him a brother. You know, even it's like, so my wife's grandmother uh, did uh, modeling with his grandmother, Woodward and Lothrop. <laughs> Hashtag Woodies. Yeah, right. Um, it, so but it's, it's a long time coming. Yeah. So, anyways, about I don't know six or seven years ago, I was up visiting my mom and Frederick, and we were out at Wine Kitchen. I ran into Richard and, and his wife, and we, you know, we were, you know, having a beer, catching up. He's like, "Yeah, man, I've been brewing. Like, you should come over and, and brew with me." I'm like, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And so I went over, and um, I think it was we we, we were bottled, bottled the beer. That yeah, night. yeah, exactly. Which is good. I mean, because brewing would have sucked if my first <laughs> if my first yeah. introduction into it was mm-hmm. brewing like that would have sucked but we were bottling bottling and bottling nights were always the best because beers. yeah it's easier you're filling beer and you're sampling finished beer um but so kind of got into it then and then it was kind of just like got really intrigued into brewing started learning about it like brewed with with richard and got into you know just the whole process. I mean, it was like pretty much constantly from then on, we were like every two weeks or every three weeks or something like that, like doing yeah, something. Yeah, about every two weeks we were beer. doing something beer related. Yeah. You know? So, and we were know. brewing constantly. I mean, yeah. We we're, we started, I mean, because we did one, I mean, we were brewing on a like a 15 gallon system for a while. 10, I mean, we were doing, we were doing five, like, Ten gallon batches initial, five gallon batches, and then Not ten gallon batches. Gallon. We were doing. We ten were doing, gallon was the smallest, and then fifteen gallon, and then we moved to a one barrel system. I mean, so we were doing, you know, all kinds, all kinds of stuff, pretty much when we started. But so, anyways, it, you know, it, I kind of got involved with him in the homebrewing, and just like it continued to snowball, and we would um, continue to start brewing more beer, um, increase our volume sizes. Um, and so he's he comes at it obviously from the chef side, but I, I'm a mechanical engineer by degree, so I was intrigued by the the process side of brewing. Um, and I was always like, hey, well, you know, like if you did this differently, like it would Im- you know improve your efficiency or it would help in cutting time down. And you know, I got into like the brewing science as far as like the, the you know the equipment side of things, yeah. and, and started kind of bringing that to the equation. And then eventually we we were brewing one barrel of beer. Like, I don't know how, it, I mean, I don't know how it happened that we have a th- brewery now. Like it, it just <laughs> seems like, you accidentally like, opened. A brewery. Yeah, exactly. We accidentally, <laughs> right. but, um, we were basically forced into it. You know, it's the only way to grow. Right. Beer. We exactly. Too, we have too much beer here. Yeah, we they, need to sell it. The only, yeah, only way to brew more beer is to get licensed to do right. it. So it, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's more or less how I got involved in, it, so was our just, it was a gradual loved us process. For the longest time, because we had just tons of beer, yeah. <laughs> tons of beer, and sharing sharing beer with family and friends, and a lot of the recipes that we're brewing now, we've been brewing for like five or six years and trying to or longer. Tweak Some are and like home, yeah. original homebrew recipes. Well, yeah, from I mean, like twelve years ago. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I had to stop homebrewing. I don't have any friends to share with. So I, <laughs> I, think I just had tons Lots of beer. Just have to drink it faster. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't keep up. All right, but yeah, so that's kind of. We didn't really have that problem too much. Well, yeah, you like drinking beer too, same as I do. So. Correct. So um, the um, where are you guys on tap anywhere? Or are you is it all no. just through the everything through is, the tap room? Yeah, everything is through our tasting room. Um, I mean, we're three barrels, so every time we yeah. do a batch, we have six kegs out of it. So 
Um, it just doesn't make sense for us right now with our size yeah. to distribute. I mean, I know there there's some effect there is like getting our name out into different establishments. And, and, you know, we've had plenty of people approach us about wanting to put our beer on. Um, but, you know, right now it's just uh, something that we, uh, we're trying to keep in-house. And, you know we're a really good place to have your beer on tap? Roast House. Yes, yes. Roast yeah, House right, Pub yeah. would be a great place. The sponsor. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, think, I, I do I, agree. I, if it I, went somewhere, it would probably. And, be there. and I think that yeah, we we've talked about it. Like if you know, we have a short list of like where we uh, would want beer to go. I, I would house. say roast top. house should be at the top. It it, it oh, is. Yeah. It's yep. it's oh, it's definitely in the top. And then another cool thing you could do is their mom's spaghetti night. Could like tonight. Oh man, spaghetti is not my thing. Pasta is like a lot of filler. My wife loves pasta. She's well, it Italian, really has so very little. To, it, it really has very. <laughs> you gotta you pick a better. Is there a better spaghetti. night? Is there like <laughs> roast beef night or something? <laughs> yeah. <A> steak night. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, lobster, th- lobster um, for nights. people who do like spaghetti, <laughs> tonight's yeah. mom's spaghetti dinner is between Full Tilt Brewing and Diamondback Brewing. Uh-huh. So cool. see if you did that, you could battle it out with. Gotcha. And you're both oh, so pretty like big dudes. Competition. Intimidation could play a big part in the voting process. Are you just gotcha. walking? So if we Richard, walk around, you just go stand over people. top of the <laughs> tables as they're so, voting. Like, so hey, a, you preferred right. Midnight Run, right? right? right. <laughs> I like that strong beer. Yeah. You like this? <laughs> and yeah. then uh, February twenty seventh, twenty seventh is the RJ Rockers Beer Dinner. Have you ever been to a beer dinner there? Uh, no, you I've heard about go. them. Though, they're but. amazing. They're so good. It is an obscene amount of food in yeah. a good way. Yeah. So like go hungry. Right. Because you, it's five courses paired with five beers. Mm. and they It does sound good. I wish I could get out more often. I just don't it's, have the it's, time. It's kind of funny. Roast House, like in the process for um, you know, starting the brewery, Roast House was like our destination for meetings because oh, you know, cool. we knew that they, they were going to have like the best beer yeah. on draft. And, and, their and French the French food. The, the food French is, dip is good. Yeah. I mean, the Brussels sprouts are money, too. The little right, house yeah. salad that they get with all that stuff. That stuff's a little money. bit green, but. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm just. I like the beef. I'm just it's saying. like your team calling. <laughs> he refuses to eat anything that's green also. I don't mind green stuff, you know, but. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, that was, we, would, we would meet there and go through, you know, business plan stuff and, like, just talk through the whole process. But it was, yeah, our destination for a little while. Cool. Well, then, thank you for Rose House Pub for supporting the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. and helping Midnight Run to open. Exactly. And exactly. they'll they'll be sure to get you some beer soon. As soon as we start distributing, <laughs> if we start distributing, I guess. But yeah, and, and we like Mad Max. Oh yeah, Max. Max is a man. Or Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He is a little uh, Jesus looking right now. For sure. Oh, I mean, <laughs> straight out of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, if you go with the character, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do we have next? Let's try uh, all right, the so we smoke. Got double no, pen- we're double we're penetration, we're tempo, the smoke beer, and dark Charlie. Let's do uh, your session IPA, uh, tempo. Do you like smoked beer? <laughs> he likes smoked beer, yeah. So well, do you want that instead? You guys can drink that. Yeah, no, you we'll, drink I'll drink all of it. So we'll try that next, and then we'll force the smoke on. So first. at weighing in at what, 7%? Yeah, 7%. Seven, it's a 100% it's, um, hopped with citra. It smells amazing, like most beers made with citra. Yeah. I uh, know. That is pretty much a winner, that hop. So we, we have this series of beer called. That is good. 
the uh, Clockwork series of beer, which is uh, a series of, of kind of quickly turned around hoppy beers. You know, everybody wants fresh hoppy. Uh, Everyone wants the cloud. Fresh hop beers, cloudy beers. I mean, it's not necessarily every beer needs to be cloudy, but it's really just like an experimentation in hoppy beers, and uh, which, you know. Everyone's kind of doing it. But I read somewhere if it's not hazy, it doesn't taste good. Yeah, We started out our two IPAs, Time Loop and Clockwork. Um, they were both brilliant, brilliant. When I say brilliant, they were both crystal clear beers. And um, they tasted pretty good. And very, our, very happy. I mean, and they were pretty well-reviewed. People have been asking us about when Time Loop's coming back and It'll be then that. That was a really good one. Yeah. I enjoyed that. So that's I, I that's on the schedule. Some of what hangs in the haze is good, and some of what hangs in it is not good. Well, I think there's something you know? to the biotransformation, right? And the, and the hot polyphenols attaching to proteins. I think. Those it's, big I mean, words it's obvious. And Mr. Engineer. Yeah. <laughs> well, he knows them too. I mean, he's the one that's read all about it. But so, anyways, the Clockwork series is going to be just a, uh, a series of IPAs where we're going to be constantly working with new hops, different hops, different brewing styles, ingredients. Potentially different Low yeast. bitterness hops. Um, I mean, low bitterness beers. Right. Low, yeah. I mean, every, I mean, not every IPA that we're going to make, but I mean, the majority of the beers that we're going to make are going to be well balanced as far as hop flavor, um, you know, having some malt character to them. I think the, the New England style obviously has a level of uh, sweetness to it that kind of balances out the, the hop bitterness and the, and the hop flavor. So, um, and that's kind of what people are, are drinking right now. That's like the, the big thing, right, is that style of beer. But was, that's not what drove us to make this style. I mean, we were we were interested in, you know, flavor-forward beers, right, whether that's malt, whether that's chocolate, whether that's oak, whether that's smoke, whether that's hop flavor and aroma. I mean, that's kind of what drives the production of all of these or the development of all of our beer recipes, and that's kind of what has led us to – this clockwork series and experimentation with different hops and techniques and um so and just trying to turn around a super fresh super hoppy beer right yep two um, two weeks is our goal for those beers yeah we, from brew day to keg is two weeks this beer came out sometimes it's three weeks but we're our goal is to get them done we released two. this last weekend or the weekend before two weeks ago two weeks ago and when so, we released it it was it was brewed two weeks before we. So how um, how are you able to turn them around that quickly without them tasting too green or not? Well, I mean, a lot of primary fermentation is done in the first few days, yeah. and then it's cleaning up for a couple more days after that, and you're dry hopping during that time. I mean, it's. I think a green. It's not that for these beers, I don't think the green character comes through as much because of the whole process jamming it full of hops. Okay. You yep. know what I mean, like. If we were to try and turn around a super uh, malty beer in two weeks, you know, like a big 12% malt forward beer, we would not be able to turn around because those green flavors would be prevalent. It would be sharper for yeah. sure. But this is, I mean, they're IPAs, right? I mean, they're somewhat bitter, you know. They, clearly, the look does not matter, right? I mean, like when no, I started brewing, matter, well, everyone for sure. wants right. this now. It's hazy, yeah. Yeah. right? Exactly. But when I started, if I were to turn this beer into somebody to drink, they would be like, how did you screw that beer up? Yep. What's, that, is it infected? What, exactly. What is wrong with that beer? That would be the first thing. 
right? <laughs> but now that's the style. So, but yeah, the, the whole the whole green aspect of it. I think hoppy beers they're it is as fresh as you can get it, right? It's because you want to retain that hop flavor and that hop aroma, right. which you want to avoid the effects of oxidation, which you know. Who knows how, uh, obviously, the larger the brewery you are, the, the easier it is to kind of reduce the effects of oxygen on beer. But And we're doing everything we can to do it on our scale. But um, So we want to get that beer out as, as quickly as possible so that that hop flavor and the hop aroma are, are still very present. I mean, this beer in four weeks or six weeks may be significantly different than what it is right now. Um, yeah, I would say if, if there is a downside to this style of beers is that how quickly they degrade. Oh yeah. Right? And and it's not actually it's it's not even a degradation like to the point where it's bad. It just the mm-hmm. the change is so different. So sure. if you loved it when if you first tasted it, it might not taste quite as good. Right. right. Or it could taste better because yeah. some of the sharpness has fallen out of the beer, you know, along with some of the particulate. So yeah. uh, Miles <laughs> Miles uh, Miles yeah. Radio Tyler Pell would like to know if you guys have trouble keeping up with uh, supply with brewing at such a small We were production. definitely at first. and um, We finally caught up. Yeah. I mean, so the way we did our production was we brewed, we got licensed, and we brewed all the beer um, that we needed for opening, which was uh, we brewed 12 barrels of beer. We turned that into the Morning Star, white sexual chocolate, uh, two barrels of that, one barrel of Bondi, clockwork and time loop and once we brewed those we like stopped brewing for almost two months probably no, no. six weeks no. four weeks maybe like a maybe like a couple it was weeks. definitely we had brewed no, that it was, beer got it straight and then we had started formulating recipes for the next beer open but it was sold a bunch of definitely beer, then, so we were about a month behind on brewing it was definitely probably. four weeks or so that because we were concentrating on like our tasting room wasn't finished yet we had beer Tasting room wasn't finished. We didn't have we opened without tables. We did have to put we a lot of time into paint. that. We had to get our like literally we had all this beer. We didn't have our tap set up. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that we had to do to get our tasting room ready to open. Then we opened and then we started selling beer and then beer started going and we were like, Oh shit, we should probably oh crap, we should probably start <laughs> brewing again. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we finally are now getting kinda on top of that and we and we've built up. We we've got as of tonight, we'll have eight taps filled, which is we have eight taps with it with so room to be the first time that we have all. So this will be all the first tonight. Will be the first time we have all eight uh, filled with beers, um, and we're gonna just kind of slowly keep up with that. And our our intention is to never have uh, beers that we're keeping on full like full time. I mean, we we have we have beers that are like our you know most more popular beers, but like if, if we'll kind of have styles or types of beers that we keep on. Like right. we'll always have a couple fresh hoppy joints. We'll always have a couple dark beers. We'll always have you know three big strong blonde beers. Yep, yep. So it, uh, yeah. I mean, we did get to a point where we run out of beers. I mean, there was a night. It was a Saturday where we we. We had three beers on tap, and we we're like, "Oh, we gotta like, <laughs> we need to brew. Uh, we need these beers." To well, be we ready. had been bre- we had already been brewing by that point. I mean, we had started getting back on top of things. But again, this is, you know, none of this is our full time job. I mean, we all literally have It'd other be great jobs if it was. to do. Exactly. Yeah. So we're doing this as a, all of our side projects. Where'd that tempo go? That's right here. You want some more? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you said the smoke me. beer. Um, I think I said the last thing I want is the smoke. Beer. I mean, we'll try it. And the last thing you want. 
might be the last time I come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll come right. on. If Richard Good. doesn't want to come on, come on. Do you want more of this? No, nah, I, I want something else. All right. Let's um, hope it's some darkness. But, um, yeah, so hey, we're, we're getting back on top of it, and we're getting kind of in a rhythm. I mean, we've only been open for three months now, so it's been – um, there's, it's a learning curve, you know, with anything, um, especially in a new business, you know, we're not just brewing beer anymore. We're like having to deal with uh, operating a tasting room and, um, you know, dealing with cleaning glasses and figuring out how to do that. And, and now, man, watch that. This ear. is the last time you're on. Yeah. Rich will be kicked <laughs> off. Um, Can I get a so, mic so there's, there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that you don't necessarily think about when you're getting into it. It's not just like, ah, we're brewing beer, which now we're finally getting back to that point where we are just brewing beer and we're concentrating on that and we're concentrating on, on getting it on tap. And we're finally starting to, you know, talk to people about coming in and helping us serve the beer. So we're not also having to serve the beer full time where we can kind of split our concentrations um, a little bit, but. What has been the most difficult aspect of opening a brewery? Oh, man. I, it's not easy. There's, there's, been, there's been zero part and of no it. No one's been in here and said it was. Right. There's been no part of it that's easy. It's like how, I mean, how, what is the easiest or the worst part? Did what you was say? the it's hardest? hardest. Like all, it's like, what was the biggest challenge? all for the hardest? Yeah. I mean, like I, licensing was, was licensing, what it was. Yep. Um, building you know cutting concrete uh i would say i I mean i would say that for us we did everything ourselves right like we we were not backed we didn't have that much capital so we raised what we needed to raise to kind of get us to each of us came with some money and that's what we did um so we did the whole i mean we gutted our space we like took drop ceiling out we you know had the electrical all redone the plumbing all redone i mean obviously we hired contractors to do some of that stuff but the majority of the hands i mean we were cutting concrete and pouring concrete and um, And removing concrete so it was 11 months i mean there was from december 2016 up until we opened it was non-stop i mean four or five nights a week like just six eight hours a night weekends just spent in there like trying to get things up and running and uh I don't know. I mean, honestly, the licensing part of it ended up being a little bit easier than I thought it was. Like, we got our TTB license in, like, three or four months where the people told you, oh, it could be seven, it could be nine. Right, and, right. Um, you know, we had we actually were licensed to brew before we were ready to brew. And a lot of that was because we, we did everything ourselves as far as the build-out goes. Um, but, you know, I think it's really just kind of trying to balance everything, the build-out, the brewery and then serving it i mean like brewing the beer was fine i mean we we built a system three barrel system which was like three times bigger than what we were doing in his garage and so we didn't have much issue brewing the beer i mean we weren't out of our um comfort zone with which is what we intended like we didn't we didn't want to go seven barrels or ten barrels and kind of take that capital uh risk and also like be in a totally different kind of brewing situation right. do you we have run. room there where when you need to go to a bigger brew yeah. house you'll be able to fit it we there you? yeah cool. i mean i think we could probably squeeze 10 barrels in there okay um we, we would have to figure things out obviously but we got enough space i mean cool. so our tasting room is the front two front third of the building and we got two thirds in the back um 
but yeah, so I, I, it's really just a balance of, of taking on all of the the construction cost and then and then brewing the beer. But I think managing the tasting room and, and serving the beer and kind of keeping up with all the little things that you don't think about, like a sign. I mean, we don't we still don't have a lighted sign above our place. We don't have decals in our window. Like there's just a lot of there's just like yeah, so many small things. Despite it being difficult things. to find you, it's still busy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> l- luckily people are still finding us. Yeah, I mean, so that was a, a question I just thought of. How what do you attribute like the buzz that you guys had right off the bat to? Well, we went to a few festivals. I'm do you sure think that, that was the main for like, sure? I mean, the, we were doing the Maryland Craft Beer yeah. Festival a couple of years in a row. It was was huge, and then really. I mean, we gave a lot of beer to our friends and family, and we're like, here, try this. Give it to your friends. Have them try it. Let us know what you think about it. So we had a good following just from people we knew. Yeah, because I would say in this area, the amount of people that knew about Midnight Run and were waiting for Mm. Midnight Run to open is like tons of people. Oh, we're super thankful for that. Well, I think word of mouth has, you know, obviously – huge appeal um but also yeah the craft beer festival i mean for the for two years we were at the craft beer festival we were actually so i kind of like brewers association of maryland has yeah been so this year you'll be able to graduate from the brewery and planning oh, tent it, right absolutely That's kevin right. addicts has been a huge help and uh for sure i mean we attended a seminar uh, several seminars when we were starting to open this just about uh the brewers association put on about like the steps you need to take to open and so we met kevin addicts through that and, you know, through that process, you know, I came, got to be comfortable, con- like, emailing Kevin. And I emailed him. I was like, hey, is there any way that we could serve our beer at the Craft Beer Festival with, you know, even though we're not licensed? And I was like, I know Foam has done sit- things like this where they've gotten permits, whatever, to sell their beer. And he was like, you know, we, you know, no one's ever asked that of us, but, you know, we'll look into it. And the Brews Association, because of our request, went and investigated and pulled the necessary permit that would allow breweries like us to serve beer. And they turned our request into this, like, breweries and planning tent. So it, it was pretty cool that uh, they definitely that they, that they set that all up and, and allowed us to serve and allowed other breweries like Kushwa, which is now very big, yeah. Steinhardt, um, and uh, uh, you know, Checker Spot was in Checker there. Spot. Uh, I mean, the, it, it's been it's been pretty cool. So yeah, this year will actually be a licensed brewery. But the craft beer festival is huge for us, and I think also you know we're doing imperial beers like, and that's kind of our focus. So there's like some people might not like it. Some people may see that as like, oh, this is cool. This, let me try this. I haven't had these kind of beers before. Um, so I think there's a little bit of uniqueness there that might be driving. Yeah, Some we're just not brewing what everyone else is brewing necessarily. We're brewing what we want to drink and what we think will be fun to drink, it's, and that's basically what we're making. It's amazing for the number of breweries in our tiny little town how different all of you are. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Everyone's doing different things, and there's like well, a people little... using different yeasts and just yeah. have a different approach to brewing. Oh, absolutely. Yeast, beer style, you know, approach to brewing. Um yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool that everybody is doing something slightly different, and and crap beer drinkers like it all. So and that's uh, that's good for all of us. And where where do you hide all that alcohol? Mm. And it's see, like you the the sexual chocolate ones. They're what eleven percent. Mm. Oh. Yeah, they Morning Star is thirteen. Like there is you no alcohol yeah. in them. Just using 
just yeast selection is okay. a big part of that, and and temperature control is also a big. I mean, because you it. try some strong beers mm. and it's just so boozy, it's un, yeah. it's unbearable to drink. But well, we're trying to create ethanol primarily. I mean, there's still some, you know, secondary alcohols produced that give you the harsher warming characteristics, but we try and limit that as much as we can. I mean, a lot. I, I don't. I feel like some breweries have that uh, that alcohol character to let people know that it's a strong beer um maybe not i don't know uh, but i know for us yeah like he said yeast uh strain health of the yeast uh, you know the amount that we're pitching the temperature that we're fermenting at and, and like i was saying before we've been brewing these beers for years i mean we've definitely had batches of beer that have turned that, out oh yeah that, that tastes like, like a rocket fuel yeah, for yeah. sure um so that kind of stuff is we've been we've been honing in oh man he's yeah. doing it <laughs> <laughs> but our, one of our things is too is to brew a balanced beer. That's yeah. the trick. You know, we want the we want the tongue derived taste sensations to be balanced. Because if I can keep the bitterness, sweetness, saltiness, sourness, umaminess, all those in check, then it allows the aromatics to come through. Is umaminess a word? Mm-mm. <laughs> now it is. Umami now is a word. Is. I'm yeah. talking about umaminess. Well, that was a beer that we. Uh, well, if we've um, learned anything from me making Frederick the Craft Beer Capital of the East Coast, if you say anything mm, enough times, that. it becomes true. So I've mm. heard that. I've heard that. Well, a lot of people more. have been like, yeah, this guy. I heard this guy that said that. that, mm. that <laughs> Frederick, Maryland is the craft beer. Umaminess. Yeah. No, but you know, there's even like other, oh, other like so Japanese. Much like a beer I'm not going to like. <laughs> Man. Just don't tell the people. Well, I'm sure it's amazing if you like a smoked I mean, beer. But look how brilliant, like... It, mm, it's, it is a beautiful br- beer. Yeah, like... Mm, I love it. It's I like, don't even want to try it. It's like a campfire <laughs> punched you in the face. Well, the last thing I want But then you had, be... like, Stockholm Syndrome, and you fell in love with it. <laughs> and then it starts to taste like bacon. Uh, who's in charge of your marketing? Um, thankfully not, not Richard. Me. I was just going to say, if, if it's uh, Richard, you may want to rethink that <laughs> assignment. Uh, it's like is, a punch in the face this, of a campfire. This is definitely though. our most polarizing beer because there are people that, like Richard, love smoked beer. And there are people... I don't hate it nearly as much as I was expecting to. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and, but, there, but there are people that are like, don't like... And it's the craziest thing because there are people that come in and have it. They're like, man, I usually don't like smoked beer, but I really like this beer. And then there are people that are like, I usually like smoked beer, but I don't like this beer. And then right. it's just crazy. It's, like, it's oh, a smoky beer. It I is usually, for people I, who I usually want smoke. hate smoked beers, and I just dislike this one. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. We'll take that as a positive. <laughs> <laughs> On your scale, yeah, it's above the negative. Yes. Then, right? Yeah. Um, I love this beer. This is one of the reasons I brew is to make this beer. Yeah. That, the, so that's another kind of thing. Like bes- Besides the – I just touched the cord again. That was my fault. Uh, <laughs> besides the whole chef aspect and, like, the engineer aspect, we both have, like, similar, obviously. It's like a, a Venn diagram exactly, kind of, thing of, yeah. of our flavor, mm-hmm. what we like. Like, Richard – loves smoke and oak and i'm like huge like I, I love ipas so um you know that that like we have a broad but we range both like of beer. strong beer but we both like strong beer but he we does like, like weak beer too or small beer i mean seven percent small beers yeah wimps for, wimps um uh, yeah so for you babies that exactly. don't like that drink alcohol I, 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 it's a man's i mean not a man's drink but a grown-up's drink right right yeah 
Exactly. So uh, that's another thing. I mean, we're trying to appeal to spirit drinkers and wine drinkers and beer drinkers all the same. So we want everybody to come in and, and taste something that, you know, they could enjoy. And, uh, yeah. All right. Most important question. Do you prefer pull up or zip, pull over or zip up hoodies? Zip up hoodies for sure. All right. Mm. No doubt about it. I kind of like a pullover with a pouch. Yeah, dude. You're wrong. You're right. Yeah, I'm right for sure. <laughs> because you get hot, right? Zip, you're good. Yeah, Fresh but up, like. Zip back up, you cold, right? I, mean, I can like toss a wrench in that pouch and it's not going anywhere. It's like sitting right there. Whereas gotcha. if I had pockets, it's like hanging out. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people. We all have our reasons. Yeah, yeah that's true. Right? I mean, you could, you could use a fanny pack for that. That's true. Mm. Or a tool, mm. tool belt. Tool belt would probably be the most appropriate mm. of. Right. You might be a tool if you used a fanny pack. <laughs> Why you use a tool belt when I got a pullover hoodie, though? There, <laughs> there, was a, there was a brief stint of uh, Nick from Old Mother that he had with wearing fanny packs. Oh, really? He said he was going to commit to it, but he gave up pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty harsh. <laughs> the fanny pack? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. I grew up kind of where that was cool for, like, a summer, I think. And Are you sure like it was cool, it. or you just Well, no, exactly. It, it may was. not have been cool. <laughs> hey, look, The Rock had one uh, back Oh, there is the that day, amazing right? photo of him yeah, rocking. Mean, so the... there is that. He might have, you know, given some justification to the fanny pack. Right. I, I see the point of it, right? But it's like oh, it's yeah. like a purse like around your waist. It's like extra pockets, right? right. It's like Jinkos were cool too. I mean, that you know, right. Jinkos gave you all the capacity of a fanny pack, and you <laughs> didn't need to wear <laughs> some extra back pocket. That's yeah, true, exactly. and the ability to hide your piece. You could fit everything in your. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Janko. Yeah. What is? And you can skate like a champ in those, though. Give you some yeah. flexibility. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. I never understood the, how the enough. new skaters came out. I was a skater growing up, so I never understood how the new skaters came out with like tight jeans. Do you miss Pit Crew? I do miss Pit Crew. I bought man, I bought two skateboards from them last year. I Both went. I was going to go buy my daughter one there, but I waited too long and mm. everything was gone by the time I made it there. Mm. Yeah, they had. I mean, they were gone quickly. Yeah, yeah. They were. They made that call and then they were out. And that sign was pulled down. It's like, that's great. That was a that's a that was a big Frederick, you know, twenty something years. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, they moved and they expanded. And yeah, it was crazy. But that was a bummer. Well, we'll see what goes into that space. I mean, that's a pretty good space there on East Street. I want some more tempo now to wash down the <laughs> the smoke. The, yeah, to get rid of the punch in the face by a <laughs> campfire and. <laughs> Whatever other but you you might fall in love with it. I'm I'm trust me, I'm not going to. Keep drinking it. <laughs> I do hate it less than most other <laughs> most other beer. smoke beers. Well it's eleven percent, eleven and a half percent. So yeah. it's there's bang for your buck there, yeah. so to speak. So, so it's worth getting it just for the the No for its score no. on uh <laughs> Richard's equation. Yeah, exactly. Right. You well, the score is high on the uh, on the smoke factor, right? The flavor. You factor. should. You should. Did, what was your name for your that rating system that you had? The AFAC. Uh, AFAC. Yeah. You should. You should add that in the list, like IBUs, <laughs> ABV. That's AFAC. true. AFAC. <laughs> there, there is a literal number that quantifies the. You know. So. Which one of our beers makes the most sense financially to purchase? No. <laughs> Probably the White Devil. 
What is the what is your favorite beer that you make? The or, smoke. Okay, so <laughs> the you answer, smoke. You, you answered that question wrong. <laughs> Cherry wood grips. I like uh, George I, Burns. George Burns is the beer we haven't come now out with. Now it seems yet. like you're just yelling words. Yeah. Yelling yeah. smoked like, beers that we you make. You wanted him to be the loud the one. Scottish he's dictator. Being the loud yeah. one. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tempo. Tempo I like is great. I love Time this. Loop. I like, we've got a, a couple barley wines that we do that we haven't brought out yet called Samuel Ale Jackson. Samuel Ale Jackson. <laughs> Dark It'll Side get you barley drunk. Wine. Yeah. That's the name, the subtitle. There, yeah. Well, there's more to it, but it's I can't say it. Here. I mean, so so we've only we've brewed about uh, I don't know a dozen of our recipes, and we've got something like thirty beers that we've brewed, and a lot of stuff that we have kind of uh, you know in waiting. And every time we're brewing, we're kind of brewing in batches of four beers. Um, so next time, next next round that we're brewing, actually, so coming out, obviously we got the white sexual chocolate and raspberry sexual chocolate coming out tonight. We've got the White Devil and the Black Disciple, which are the two beers that kind of started Midnight Run. Why don't you talk about those real quick, the, just the differences in those. Excuse After me. After you get that out of the way. <laughs> All right, so the White Sexual Chocolate? No, what are we talking about? The White Devil and the Black White, Disciple. White Devil and Black Disciple, yeah. yep. So uh, they are basically the antithesis of each other. The White Devil is a... Antithesis. Exactly. The, a a uh, super strong golden strong possibly a golden quadruple that's kind of what we call it brewed in the you know belgian triple kind of tradition tradition yeah, a yeah. nouveau american version of that yep uh 11 super easy to drink definitely can't taste the alcohol in that and then the black disciple full name rufus the black disciple uh <laughs> is the blackest beer you've ever seen is is like oil Texas tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got every Black dark quality gold. you can exactly yeah. every dark quality you can imagine. It's got the the chocolate. It's got the dark roast. It's got the burnt sugar. No smoke. No smoke okay. on that one. Yeah. So so those are the next two that'll be coming out. But after that, we'll we'll be bringing out some two more IPAs and uh, two more kind of malt forward beers. And but as far as the beers that we make that I like, I you know. I really like the the hoppy beers, um, as I was saying earlier. So, so time, I would say time if, loop and tempo are like my thing. If smoke, smoke is a punch in the face from a campfire, tempo is a warm hug from your favorite blanket. Yeah, exactly. Actually from enjoyable. Citra. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends I on see, flavor. I see how it is. <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of people mm. who like smoke beers. You yeah. like soft drinks. <laughs> I see how it goes. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, you know, I. I've got a flavor for everything. I think both of us have a flavor for everything. The White Devil is, I mean, I think this batch of White Devil is probably the best that we've brewed. And It is the White Devil. It's the White Devil. All right, Richard, yeah. what is your favorite non-Midnight Run beer? One of your favorites. Well, I mean, if so I had no to pick my absolute favorite, it would be um, Delirium Tremens, only from a, just an emotional value. standpoint. Yeah, just a great, strong beer, and it kind of started my journey in brewing. But one that I drink a lot is the Golden Monkey. That's one of my favorites for sure. Another uh, ridiculously strong. Yeah, beer. strong golden beer. Um, you know, when the season is right, I love Mad Elf, especially I have some a wild of the older elf versions. To yeah. Crack open. I've got one. And then I'm too. still a sucker for Chimay Blue. 
or Grand Reserve, whatever they call that. I love that beer. As that's much as he likes smoked beers, Belgian yeah, that's beers where are my, his thing. And yeah. just the tradition of kind of the true craft of brewing where it's like for them equal parts arts and science. You know, it's like they're not trying to pigeonhole it into a specific style. You know, they're 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 brewing what they want to drink too. Same same as me. Speaking of Belgians. Little um, double penetration. Yep. Gotta try it once. <laughs> that has the um that's good. Now, see, I'm not a big fan of Belgian beers, but I really like this. Man, I should walk off now. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, other than your taste in hoodies, I, it's not my fault that you have. But Do you guys clash on yeah, everything else? That you fall on the wrong side of everything else. Yeah, that's true. That's usually how it is, though. <laughs> so, yeah, the this is sheep. talk about the this the double real quick. After I fuck up, screw up the, uh, <laughs> hopefully no children. Is FCC yeah. involved here? No. I didn't even touch anything there. Stop oh, it. Oh, Lord. My bad. I think he has a button he pushes that makes that noise. <laughs> makes you think you're hitting He's stuff. reaching. That's, that's, yeah, it's Graham back there with his tricks. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that one real quick. Sure. It's just a, a style I love, a, a, you know, a Belgian double. This one is a little more of a Belgian quadruple, but that tends to lend into the, the midnight run way of brewing. How um, strong is this? This one's 11%. Doesn't taste like it at all. Your beers are ridiculously dangerous. Yeah, they are dangerous. But it has a good uh, sweetness and a, and a nice, uh, like, kind of banana bread quality to it. Yeah, it, it could be like a uh, – who's that brewery that makes banana bread? Uh, so, um, whatever it is, like it, yeah. you could easily you could market this as a banana bread yeah. beer. Well, I mean, specifically, I love that flavor in yeah. beer, and truly, that is one of the flavors that got me into brewing beer. Is when my, you know, my my buddy said, you know, do you taste that banana? And I'm like, yeah. Do you taste that clove? Yeah. And he's like, I didn't put any of those in the beer. That those are you know, fermentation byproducts, and it, that blew my mind. And Ever since then, I've loved the flavors of banana and beer, clove and beer, all the yeast-derived fruit flavors, or just the yeast-derived flavors in general. So, Brent, your favorite non-Midnight Run beer? Try to stick to Maryland. Maryland? Oh, is that what we're supposed to do? My yeah. Bad. So but you... I blew that yeah. big time. For well, sure. so I, think I do love Horn Dog. Can I say that real quick? I do love Horn Dog. That's one yeah. of my jams. I mean, I think both is of us that, both have a pretty good name off affinity for. I, like. I said one. You oh, named one. one. You're good it. now. I do like Big Punisher too. You know, Can for, I say that again? I'm not yeah. a huge hop. You know, I love hoppy beers. <laughs> you know, for, for the for the person who who kept saying they wanted nothing to do with talking on the mic, <laughs> yeah, I like, believe there's one person in this room I can't get to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Just give him enough. I mean, give him six growlers full, yeah, and he'll be good. And that's all it takes. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, I mean, my, my, uh, my favorite Maryland brewery right now, actually. Is, I agree with you though. Big pun is amazing. That's a good, that's um, a great beer. Burley Oak right now. I think the IPAs that they're doing are pretty phenomenal. I haven't had that much of them, but I've what about the dreams, the dreams. I mean, the, those are, I'm not a huge sour fan. I've had a few of those and I like them for what they are, but I'm not a huge sour fan. I mean, the sour and the lactose is like a good mix because yeah. it's like sour and sweet. 
And I know that New England style is like hoppy and sweet, but I've had, um, you know, like like their 100 series, which is really yeah, those good. Are good. Um, they they've got that fall and seasonal or that fall and spring seasonal uh, that they do. I forget what it's called, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like every beer I've had from them, that New England style IPA is like really well done. Like we just had that Lost. I just had their Lost today at lunch, and it was really good. Um, I think they, that they do that style really well. Um, besides besides that, Double Duck Pin is phenomenal right now i think yeah I, well yeah i don't know has it been released recently I don't yeah know. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's okay. on it's because it's like every released every two months or yeah, three months or something it's a like freshly that re- on its fresh release so um, i need i need to pick that up but that's 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 one of my my favorites for sure um and then uh, yeah you know obviously i love a lot of what the local breweries and frederick do in flying dog i mean we've been We've been involved with Flying Dog for the past four years with the Junta Society, too, so we've yeah. seen kind of a lot of the stuff that's come through there. And uh, um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. And also, I mean, not in Maryland, like Trogues is – I love what they do mm-hmm. and the inten- independent brewery yeah. that they've become. Troganator. And I was just up there a couple of weeks ago and saw that the, the new Fooders and fo- – Fooders? Fooders, um, um, that they put Did you in. listen to our episode with them? I didn't. Sure. I, li- I listened to. I, li- yeah. I did listen to them talk about uh, just being the independent brewery, like something online. Yeah, we them. we went up there three weeks ago now, maybe four, a few weeks ago, and did an episode with uh, Chris and John Trogner. Uh, okay, that, I mean, I, it took a lot to hold my fanboy his yeah, because yeah, I've I can loved imagine. them forever. Yeah, I mean the. the that that place is just awesome. I just love going up there because the tasting the, room the is, food is, is what great. it is. Yeah. The their food pretzel was amazing. Yeah, and just like the way they have it laid out, where you can see kind of like their open fermentation tanks, you know, splashing in, and yeah. it's just cool. And I feel like that's something that Flying Dog could be, but they're just kind of like bound to where they are and bound by the laws of Maryland, like by regulation, like the regulation, but. Will um, either of you be going down to Annapolis tomorrow? I wish I had the time to do it. Unfortunately, today is my day off, and I was planning to go, but usually my day off is Friday, and I was going to go tomorrow, but I can't. Did I ruin that for you? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of lined up with, like, my day job schedule. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, Brewers Association, everybody else takes care of it. Yeah, there's a, a large can a group of people from uh frederick that are yeah. heading down together well, i'm sure i know yeah. i know carly and the people at attaboy yeah there and carly and brian carly joe idoni like, um mm-hmm. and yep. house cat yeah. uh, there's a couple people that are testifying so frederick will be well represented tomorrow yeah. no, that's good because frederick after all is the craft beer capital brewing capital of the east coast yeah sure. said, by the, the said by the man himself yeah yeah Maybe I'll start hopefully, with the world next. Hopefully we'll get to the world. <laughs> we'll get there. We're going to get there. Hey, it was hopefully. said, it re- reported by a Frederick News Post reporter that that was said by the comptroller at a oh, press, oh, at a press nice. conference. Wow. <laughs> you, you know, got, but, uh, you've got uh, clout, tr- man. <laughs> you have true clout. Truly, anyone that thinks that more regulation is better has never tried to open a business in their life. Oh, it's, it's appalling mean, what 
our legislators want to do to and if you just subtract the word brewery from everything it would be just so ridiculous right. like that this baloney maker right. is only allowed to sell so right. many slices exactly. of baloney exactly like, yeah because why why should there be any regulation to limit the amount of beer you sell at your establishment regardless of your size if you can sell however much i mean good for you and if you don't i mean it, it, let the free market or if you want to sell there's a very good reason why you shouldn't be allowed to um the large beer companies are behind a lot of Uh, distributors uh, i was waiting waiting for the actual good answer (laughs) there are um i mean there i've i've shared the links there's several places that have done a rundown of the maryland legislators and how much um big beer has donated to their campaigns over the years so Right. There's a good reason. Right. Well, maybe <laughs> so air quotes. Wrong, good reason. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. And maybe in Maryland is. I mean, Loudoun County in Virginia, right? In Pennsylvania, every you know, being a craft brewer is like easy. It's, you know, everything's set up for the craft brewer, really, in those states. It seems yes. like Maryland is the last hope, maybe. You know, to the AB and Bev and the lobbyists. I know, and, or course, they're going to end up destroying the craft beer. Or yeah. Whatever. Capital of the exactly. I mean the fact the fact that they proposed this bill and then they reasoned that the proposition no, that's proposition what you asked for was oh this is what we thought you wanted yeah we wanted you to reduce the amount of beer we could sell from our tasting rooms <clears throat> it, like what? ultimately that's... isn't the reason choice right you should have a choice to yeah. sell that beer in your place or not or you should have a choice to use a distributor for your beer or to set up your own distribution network or not right I mean that should be like the choice of the of the owner of the establishment and and the, and the choice of what the free market allows if if people want to to pay for your beer at your establishment right then that should be their right to do that as well i mean we're 150 to 200 bar- we're a 150 to 200 barrel brewery as we are right now so like we're not directly affected by any of this but you stuff could right be now, quickly. but we, we could, could be. be. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Were sure. to pass. Yeah, you're uh, not that far sure. away there's from no, 500. There's no, no, there's exactly. no room for us to expand. And I mean, you're really and close and to 500. It's the same actually. thing for us with contract brewing. We're not contract brewing. We don't have a plan to do that. We don't want to contract brew. We we want to brew. That's kind of like what we like to do. But if someone else wants to do that or needs to do that. That's, well, that's and, their right. And, and in Maryland, there are several places that do that and rely do, on right. it. They'll be exactly. out of business for sure. And it, but it, you know, if and if they're providing a service to a smaller guy or to you know, however that works out, I mean, that's on. That's great. Right. Exactly. You know, everybody's business as a brewery is developed differently. You know, like right. we're small their right strategy. now, and the reason we're small is because we didn't want to. We didn't want to take the risk of a huge capital investment into being a large brewery. But that doesn't mean we don't want to grow to be yeah. a large brewery. I mean, we want to brew as much beer as, as we can. And there can shouldn't to, be to laws that dis, uh, that make it unattractive for right, you to right. yeah. work towards that goal. Because right. the, the fact is, breweries are you know are making jobs for people in the state. Right, exactly. No law should ever discourage growth. And we're paying taxes on, you know, a good amount of tax on, on well, excise yeah, tax on the yeah. beer that we're making exactly. and sales. Yeah. And, not to mention everything else, and we're promoting like in Frederick alone. I mean, we're promoting food truck into the food truck industry, which didn't exist really until yeah. breweries 
existed, more breweries existed. Yeah, Frederick. outside I mean, of a large city, there really wasn't a need for uh, yeah, a food truck. Right. Until. So, you know, I know the state of Maryland down in Annapolis, like they are in Washington, they don't necessarily see all that, but they should because Frederick is the new craft beer capital of the East Coast. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe I should get hats made that say yeah, that. Yeah, he probably should. <laughs> or at least a shirt or something. We could something. be wearing them during the... Yeah. <laughs> All right, you may not have been open long enough yet to have a good answer to this, but what is the worst, most ridiculous um, review that you've ever received? Oh, I can tell you that one. It was on <laughs> Cherrywood Griff's and someone... I should pull out my no, phone and don't call do him it. out no, by no, name. No, wrote, do. Yuck. <laughs> with one star well uh, you know beer people people on i did not appreciate that at all <laughs> <laughs> and in fact there was another person who gave us two and a half stars on white sexual chocolate just two days ago and dude there's zero chance you had drank white sexual chocolate two days ago that, I, that, I that's a zippy to, chance. I can't wait to go on on Captain Right Smoke. That's the that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> I know where you are though, man. So. <laughs> no, I mean the thing about beer reviews is like people like what they like and they don't like. What yeah. they don't like, and you know, on you can't and you can't help that. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it. We can just make the best beer that we can make and the beer that we want to make. I mean, that smoked beer is exactly what you That's, intended to make that it's less smoky and, than i i wanted a 100 percent version of that yeah <laughs> just next, so you know people that is a 50 percent version <laughs> of the original wanted. intention i mean I, and and real know, quick hold on what i like also on untapped for the people who untap i love it when if it's not your style of beer you just check it in and then you don't rate it well, and if that, it's your style of beer and you rate it bad, I dig that because that like you you don't like that kind of you know you like that style, but they but you don't like that beer. I dig that. But if you don't like the style, just check it in and don't rate it. And, that, and that's the thing you right? can't control on yeah. tap is like when people are rating beers and it's not necessarily things that they like, but maybe it's a well-made beer and people that like that style smoke like smoke the and, name of it. No, it's no, called Cherry, cherry Wood Grips. Grips. Cherry, oh, um, yeah. So that I. I'm finding that guy because that's my soulmate. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I, I but it's know. like I, I don't go on and judge uh, hot pepper beers, you know. Otherwise, all of them would get like zero stars because hot pepper beers are the worst in are, my opinion. Are not your but that's my opinion, and I, I, I know that that was Brent. <laughs> I know that you know. Shoes, I, I don't man. even bother judging that beer because I know huge. I don't like that to start. Yeah, yeah you can't help the size 14 on this guy. Um. But but yeah, I mean, you, you, we got to take ratings with a grain of salt, man. I mean, when when we get when we're at the level that we are now, I mean, it's, it doesn't it doesn't make sense, and it's not helpful for us to like take things personal, really. And you know, we understand that we're appealing to more people now. We're selling beer to pretty much anybody who wants to come drink it. So we know that there are going to be people that are coming in that don't like different like certain beers and people are going to be having flights and they're not going to like some they're going to really like some and you know that that's just the way things are not everybody's going to like every beer that we make and that's just kind of what the you know not the realization that we have come to but it's the reality of the situation that we're in yeah for sure and and you know that's just what every brewery deals with and um i mean for the most part i think we're pretty well we've been pretty well reviewed um 
on Untapped, and I, and I think that the, I and, and Facebook. Is it yeah. assholes are like opinions, or opinions are like assholes? I forget which one. But anyway. both. Either way, it's like everyone's got one. Is what the is what the word is. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, people. Some people love us, and there've definitely been a few people that have hated us. And <laughs> but <laughs> but for but but for the most part, I mean, we've been well reviewed. I think there's no arguing that. I mean, I think that now most of you get good reviews. And now that we're talking about, it, I'm sure we're gonna get a bombardment of <laughs> negative reviews. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even like talking about it. I don't even like looking at it. I just want to make uh, the beer no. and like have the beer. Like I don't even want to check on tap. I can't help I don't help even want to check Facebook and you know. I just I just want to make the beer that we want to make, and I just want to give people a good experience when they come to the tasting room. Be nice and serve people beer, and that's yeah. that's pretty much what we want to do. Yeah, ultimately that's the end of it. We're gonna make the beer we want to make, regardless yep. of what someone says about it, anyways. Yeah. Well, Brent, thank you so much for coming out. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Richard, you were definitely here. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Chris, Cheers. Thank you, man. I Cheers. appreciate it. Cheers. Great beer, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.